I mean, he's glad that he tore apart the sea, made a way for you where there seemed to be no way. Amen. What a wonderful God we serve today. Let's just go to him in prayer. Amen. Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who fights for us, a God who moves and a God who speaks, God who touches, God who ministers to us, Lord. God who's there for us in our time of trouble. Lord, we're so thankful, Father, for you and what you've done for us in our lives, where you brought us from, where you brought us to, and Lord, where you're taking us to, to eternity. Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done, our lives that have been touched by your grace and your mercy. Lord, how wonderful you are. Lord, we just don't have enough words to express, Lord, our deep gratitude for, Lord, where we were and what we were and where you brought us from out of the miry clay and set our feet upon a rock, a place of stability, a place we can rest upon. God, we're thankful. We ask, Lord, you minister to us tonight that you would touch our hearts and lives by your word. May your spirit be free to move among us, Lord. Follow the word to bring it to pass, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 14 and verse 1. Amen. I'm going to read a few verses here down to, or willing to down to verse 27. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you? I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you now know, you know him, and he, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. 
but I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye shall see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my, in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, is he, that, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, is it, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. We can let you be seated this evening. So I want to speak to you on a bit on this thought of light for a few months now, but I just want to continue on that. But I'd like to speak to you on the most precious light, the most precious light. I was looking at these words and, you know, twice in the scripture reading at the very beginning, he would say it. And then again, here in verse 27, he would say it again, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This trouble is to agitate or to cause one inward commotion. It's to take away his calmness of mind, to disquieten him, to make him restless, to stir one up, to, to trouble, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread, to render him anxious or distressed, to perplex the mind of one by suggesting scruples or doubts. And that's what the trouble that we're looking at tonight, and I, I, I believe that is very fitting for the time that we're living in. Uh, there's a lot of inward commotion. There's a lot of, uh, of fear that is arising upon the land. There's a lot of uh, restlessness and anxiousness and worry and perplexities of mind, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen, how it's going to be. But he said, let not your heart be troubled. And and how can, why, and in making that statement, he said, because I go to prepare a place for you. And that's why our heart can be at peace in this time of, of trouble, in this time of perplexity, that this, we know that this world is not our home, but we have a place prepared to go. And, and you know, and, and in speaking of this, he, say, he would say twice again, and he would begin to speak about the comforter that he would send. And this comforter is someone that is summoned or called to be at one's side. It's called to be one's aid, one who pleads another's cause before a judge or, or a counsel for defense, a legal assistant, an advocate. 
It's one who pleads as an intercessor, so of Christ as he would plead for us and pardon, pleading with God for the pardoning of our sins. In other words, it's a helper, a aider, assistant. So the Holy Spirit is destined to take the place of Christ in the apostles because he could not come in you as a man. He had to come in you as a spirit. Amen. So he would come to lead them, amen, into deeper knowledge of the truth, to give them divine strength, to hold them and enable them to undergo great trials and great persecutions on the behalf of his kingdom. Now, I, I, I got to looking at this thought on the most precious light, and it came from a little statement that I saw. It said, the most precious light is the one that comes in your darkest hour. When you're in your darkest moment and your darkest time, that's when life, light is very precious to you. You go through a desert, water becomes very precious to you. You might be at a place that you can have water at your fingertips right now and go to your sink and get water. You can go uh, to your refrigerator and pull up a bottle of water. I mean, why? Even right here, I have water here available for me. But you get into a desert, you get into a place where there is no water, one little drop becomes very precious to you. And we find that in the, in the darkness, the darker it gets, the more precious light is. And we know that we have a precious light in this hour. It's the truth, the revealed word of God. Amen. Not some man's theology, not some man's ideas or man's creeds or dogmas that he's dreamed up in some headquarters somewhere. Amen. But it is the mind of God that has been revealed in our generation. And it's a precious light. And the darker it gets, the more precious this light will be. Amen. The darker it gets and the more anxiety comes, the more fear comes, the more precious the word of God is going to be come to you because you can see as, as, as the world is in turmoil and the world is in all kind of trouble and the world is all kind of fear. I, I don't forget, I was just looking up things that have happened since, you know, two, 2020 when COVID hit, how the explosion of anxiety has taken place, the explosion of fear and the explosion of worry and the explosion of all those kind of things. But in the middle of all of that, you can still be at peace. Amen. Because we're not depending on if the world is at peace. We're dependent on his kingdom. Amen. Because this world is not our kingdom. So our peace is not depending upon whether the world is at peace or whether governments are at peace or whether things are working out all right. That's not what our peace is based upon. Our peace is based upon I have gone to prepare your place. And if it was not so, I would have told you. But it is so. Therefore, he told you I have a place prepared for you. Amen. And so in the moment of darkness and the moment of great darkness, and that's where we're at, as it's getting darker and darker and more evil and more evil all the time, amen, light is becoming more and more precious. It's becoming more and more, amen, you, right now you might go over there and you might flip a light switch anywhere in this building, the light come on or at your home, amen, but you know how it is when, you, when your lights go out, how precious light is to you then. You don't think about it anytime when you walk in a bedroom and you just flip a light switch but how many times have you went into your dark bedroom, the lights be out and you hit that switch and nothing happens? It's because of something that's precious to you. You want to see what you're going through. You want to see where you're at. And darkness is coming upon this earth. And, and I'm thankful that we have something to see by. And we can see where we are. We can see where we're going. Amen. We're not a as the blind leading the blind, but we have eyes that can see. We have eye, a word that has illuminated our path and we can 
can see where we're going. We can see the things that are around us and all the things that are happening. People are getting stirred up by Russia and all that they're doing. That's only a pawn in the hand of God. And they're only doing what God allows. Kingdoms are only doing what God allows them to do. And you can see it written in the word. Therefore, we don't have to get all tore up about it. We don't have to get all disquieting and our, our emotions tore up about things that are going on because our emotions is not tied to Fox News. Our emotions ain't good one day because the news is good. But matter of fact, if you went by that, your emotions would never be good because there's no good news out there in this world. But there is some good news here tonight. And we can stand upon the word of God and we can stand firmly. We can stand at peace. We can be at peace in our darkest hour because there is a light that is shining. You know, Brother Brandon would tell the story about Carlsbad Canyon or Cavern and he, he talked about a man and a wife and a bunch of children that went there and they got down in the bottom of it and they turned the lights out and he said it was midnight dark down in there and he said they turned all the lights. He said, my, you could put your hand in front of your face and you couldn't see nothing. Have you, have you ever experienced that? I, I've been there in Czech Republic in a place like that. And he said there, there was a little girl that was standing there and she began screaming, oh, help, help, screaming. She was scared to death because it was so dark. Now in that moment, light became very precious to her. Light became something that was more important than M&M's, more important than a Starburst, more important than McDonald's down the street. She wanted light more than anything so she could see who was around us, the poor thing began to grab and begin to scream, begin to holler for her papa and mama and everything. Amen. Because she couldn't stand it. It was so dark. She had never seen such darkness. And this is where you're seeing people at today. The lights are going out and they're beginning to scream. As we, we could read about the 10 virgins, five wise and five foolish. What was very important during that time? It was light. It was the oil, the lamp to be burning. Amen. It was a light to be burning. Amen. This is where people are at. They're finding themselves lost in darkness. They don't know which way to go. They don't know what to believe. They don't know to believe this one or that one or the other, but there is a truth. Amen. There is a true genuine light that'll shine on every verse. It'll shine on every scripture. Amen. You don't have to take your Bible and tear it halfway out because you don't believe it, but there is a light of God that'll shine and make it illuminate every verse, every scripture every line, every book, every promise. Hallelujah. That's the way it is. It got so dark. He said, that's the way it is today. It's getting so dark. You don't know where to go. The little girl standing there, she was screaming at the top of her voice, about to get hysterical about, he said, it's about like the little bride. Her little brother cried out in that very moment. Her brother spoke up and said, little sister, don't fear. Maybe I can say that for you tonight. Little sister, don't fear. Because he's standing right by the engineer. He was right there and he saw the man as he went. He saw what was taking place. He said, don't fear. There is a man here who can turn on the light. Don't fear, little sister. There's a man here who can turn on the light. He can make the word live. He can make the word be manifest. There is somebody here. Amen. There might not be, it might not be according to what you think or how you think it's going to take place, but there is somebody here who knows how to turn on the light. 
Amen. He said, he's, we don't know how. We don't know how it's going to be. We don't know when he's going to turn it on, how, but he's coming. We don't know how he's coming, but he's coming. We don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. He said, I don't know nothing about that, but I know he is here, and he can turn on the lights. He is here. He's the one who can turn on the lights. He's the one. He is the light. He just makes himself known, and that's how he turns on the light. It takes Christ to flash on his lights. I'm going to have another microphone, brother. It takes Christ to, uh, to, to shine out. It takes Christ to flash on his lights. Then all the darkness scatters. Hallelujah. All the darkness scatters. It say, separates it. And he is in this moment of darkness. He is pulling his little bride out. I'll take a people out of the Gentiles for my name's sake. They'll have my name. They'll have my name. <laughs> Not the name of Baptist, not the name of Methodist, not the name of Lutherans, but the name of Jesus Christ. For he is the light. He is the truth. He is the way. And in him there's no darkness at all. And he scatters the darkness when he comes in because he is the word. Bear with me for a minute. The word is light. Because when he spoke it in the beginning, he said, let there be light. That was the word that become light. And when he speaks it, the light of this age, it'll light up. He is the vindicated word. He is absolutely the light in the time of darkness. (laughs) All these false glares and everything else is gonna fade away. Yes, sir, he's here, don't fear. He will turn on the lights. There is a man present. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about this man here, these men here, or anybody else in this building. I'm talking about there is a man. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is present. We just heard him speak at the other Wednesday night. He's never left us. He is in the midst of her and he's moving and he's orchestrating and he's making things happen and he's making things come to pass because he is present. He's a never failing presence. He's always there and he can always turn on the light. He's just waiting to see what you're going to do. Are you going to scream out in fear or are you going to scream out in faith? Hallelujah. He can, he, listen to this. He said he's seeing what you're going to do. He can flip the switch anytime he wants to. So if you're sick tonight, he can flip the switch anytime he wants to. If you're depressed tonight, he can flip the switch anytime he wants to. If you're down in your delusion and you don't know where to turn to and you're full of fear and anxiety, he can flip the switch. Hallelujah. Well, what does that do? It turns the tide on the devil because in darkness, devil hides. In darkness, he is there. But when the light comes on, it exposes him for who he is. Hallelujah. I want to look at Matthew 4 and 13. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast and the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim. 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah the prophet, saying, "The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light." And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. I got to looking into this while uh, seeing why this prophecy was given over Zebulon and, and Naphtali. And actually, if you look where they're at, they're one of the out, outward lying areas in Israel. And they're closer to the Gentiles and closer to attack and, and closer to being bombarded and closer to being invaded. And, and you know, not only that, they're further away from the center of worship. They're farther away from the moving of the spirit of God. They're further away from the things. But listen, God don't always, he he won't leave you there. If you're one of his children, you may be sitting in darkness. You may be sitting in disillusion. You may not know which way is up and which way is down. But those that sat in darkness, they saw a great light. Because the light of God that came 2,000 years ago, born in a virgin, walked down their street and began to do miracles among them and signs and wonders happened. And they began to realize there's a light. There's a God. There's a man here who's more than a man. Hallelujah. There is a man here that can turn on the lights. Amen. Those who sat in the regions of the shadow of death Some of them under cancer. Hallelujah. Some of them under the death of denomination. Some under their creeds of death. Some under traditional death. All kinds of death. But they saw a great light. Hallelujah. A man that flashed the light on is the same one that said let there be light. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can still turn on the lights. Don't get scared. Hallelujah. You say, well, what about this out there? Don't get scared. What about this trouble over here? Don't get scared. What about all of this over here? Don't get scared. He's the same God. When persecution comes, don't get scared. There is a light. He said he's going to catch his people away. Listen to this. She'll not go through the tribulation. She'll never do it. He said she wouldn't. She'll be caught away. How's they going to do that, Brother Branham? Looks awful dark. No matter how dark it is, you too, you can't see your hand before you just remember there's a man who can flip the switch and rapture the church. Hallelujah. Tomorrow might be your darkest day, but don't you ever forget. It could be the same day that the flip, the light, the switch is flipped and you step out of this old mortality into immortality. You step out of that old ragged body into a new body. You step out of that depression into happiness. You step out of cancer into healing. You step out of backslidden condition to being on fire for God. He knows how to flip the switch. I say, God, tonight, flip the switch. There's some depressed here tonight. Flip the switch. There's those that's got fear and anxiety in their life. Flip the switch. There's backslidden among us. Flip the switch. Don't get worried. There is a man. (laughs) 
This man stays with us no matter if it's dark. Notice the engineer didn't leave the building. He said, where's that at? Psalms 42, 8. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. (laughs) Hallelujah. He will light our path through darkness. You're in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 29. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. In Psalms 91, 5 and 6 says, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Hallelujah. The pestilence that stalks is what that walketh in the darkness, stalks in the darkness. He says a roaring lion stalking, seeing who who he made a fire. Seeing it, trying to see who he's going to destroy, who he's going to pull away. But there's an angel of God that encamps about those that fear him. And that angel has the power over the light and over the darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. And he would say again in John 16, 33, in this world you have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So the darkness you're dealing with, I've already overcome it. The darkness that you're facing, I've already faced it. Amen. Amen. I ought to give you some hope today. You might have walked in here depressed. Jesus has already faced depression. He's already faced fears. He's already faced anxieties. He's already faced worries and doubts. He's already faced complexes. You don't think he had complexes? Sure he did. He was human. And they was t- telling him all the time he was born in an, out of an adulterous situ- situation. He had to face those complexes. He had to face those lies. He had to face all of those things. He's already done it. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. But this precious treasure, this light and power that does now shine within us is held in a perishable container. That is, in our weak bodies, everyone can see that the glorious power wherein must be from God and is not our own. Hallelujah. That's why the light that's in you hasn't went out because it's not your light. It's the light that's been burning since the beginning of time. Amen. When there wasn't even a world, that light of eternity is what has been deposited in those that's got the Holy Ghost. Therefore, the devil can blow at it. He can push at it. He can try to put it out. He can do everything he can. And it just keeps on. Cancer comes. Problems in the family comes. Situations in the church comes. Hallelujah. That, why? You say, well, I, that, you know, it only burns with those that don't have no trouble. It's those people that gets up and shout, they don't ever have no trouble. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we will not give up and quit. Hallelujah. Man, and we are hunted down. 
But God will not abandon us. We get knocked down, but we get up and go again. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death, just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it's only only the living Christ within us who keeps us alive. Amen. I might have to read all that again because that would just, I gotta have it. I gotta have it one more time. But this precious treasure, this light and power that now shines within us, is held in perishable containers. That is in our weak bodies. Everyone can see that the glorious power we're in must be from God and is not our own. Because we are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. But we will not give up and quit. We are hunted down. But God has never abandoned us. We get knocked down. But we're going to get up and go again. These bodies are ours are constantly facing death. But the God of heaven is the one who keeps us safe. Hallelujah. That's what you need to tell that devil. I might be perplexed. I might know where to turn to. I may not know which way is up and which way is down, but I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. I'm going to press with everything I've got into the kingdom of God. Is there anybody here that feels the same way? How many has been through trials? How many has been through torments? How many has been through anxieties and fear? But I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not turning around. Matter of fact, I don't have quit in me. I have the seed gene of God. And it's going to press through. And it's going to press through until it takes this body into a body change. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You realize it's not me that's doing it. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. I want to ask you young people, how in the world are you still standing? In the darkest of times, pornography at your fingertips, and it seems like sin on every street corner, in every phone, in everything, every device, it's all around you. But that light's still burning. That light's still pulsating. That light's still giving out. It's still moving. It's still having something of some effect. It's in the darkest hour is the most precious light. (laughs) So God would put the most precious in the darkest. Do you hear that? I ain't nobody. You're most precious. He's waited 2,000 years, and it's got as dark as it's ever going to get and getting darker. But yet all down through Menden, over to Bozier, Louisiana, Texas, all over the United States, all over the world, there's these little lights. And he's looking. Let me tell you what he's doing. God is looking over the banister as he did for those three Hebrew children. And he's looking down. Look at that precious light. Look at that precious light. You're precious in his eyes. 
You think sometimes God doesn't care about you. God cares everything about you. You get in those kind of situations. It's in dark times. You think people don't care. People don't understand. People don't want to know me. Darkness. There's many of them through the scriptures. They came to that moment. Very familiar. Well, we know the family of Lazarus came to that moment. Came to a very dark time in their life. They called for Jesus. Their brother's sick. And their friend, the one they're claiming to be the Messiah, goes the opposite direction. Could you imagine the post that was going to be on Facebook if it was today? I just got a rat. Tell somebody. No, you don't. Don't have to tell nobody. Tell Jesus. Amen. When Jesus came along that in that dark hour, he said he comes. He said that's him. It's in the dark moments that the light is precious. He lets it happen that way. The darkest of hour, then Jesus comes along. Why? Because his presence always brings hope. That's why it's very important to fight for the presence of God to be free in a service. We want a service with hope. Amen. Amen. The darkest hour, his presence always brings new hope. He said it may be the darkest hour for some tonight. The doctor's given you up with cancer. The man has done all he can to save you in your life, but it's beyond his knowledge. It's beyond his reach. He has no more to work with. He's done all he can do. You're going to die. It might be the darkest hour you ever seen, but remember it's in the moments when he's there to flip the switch. That's when he comes to bring new hope. It brings new hopes when he comes. His presence always brings hope. Martha, you know, she had, she had seen enough out of Jesus to know he was God's representative that day. But they watch him as he walks away and he travels further and further and further. And they watch him, on the other hand, his brother, brother going down, 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 down until he takes his last breath. And they go have a funeral. And one day Jesus still ain't there. Two days, three days, four days. And Martha hears he's coming. And she goes out to meet him. You know, Brother Brown said she'd have had a right to say something, maybe. Why didn't you come? Why? Why? We sent for you. We left our own churches. We left everything. And then we get in this situation. We've done all of this. Look what we've done. He says, that's a lot of people's attitude. Look what I've done. Look what I've given up. He said, it ain't about what you've done. It's what he's already done for you. Matter of fact, all you ever done, you're still unworthy. But she didn't do that. She ran to him. And she began to move out there and said, you know, if I'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, Lord... Even now that no matter how bad the situation is, you know, even now. Yes, Lord. He said, well, thy brother will rise again. Yeah, Lord, at the last day, the general resurrection, he's a good boy. He served you. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He was wanting to bring her to right now. Amen. After turned her down, how could a man that's a resurrection life ever treat a friend like that? That's a good question. Sometimes he's just testing you to see what you're going to do. To see how you're going to react. To see how, what's going to happen, what's going to really come out of you. Because, you know, we can put on all kind of facades. Especially in a good and happy moment. Things are going good and we're jumping and shouting and having a good time. And we're just good. Hallelujah, glory to God. But all of a sudden we have a bad day. And we sit and we want to make sure everybody knows we had a bad day. It ain't nothing about wrong. I mean, you don't have bad days. You just don't have to let everybody know you had a bad day. Amen. You know, you got to put your heart into it. No matter what, you want something from God, you got to put everything you got into it. Amen. Come to even now, Lord. Amen. You can, you can come tonight and say, well, I've done this. I've had this. I've had that. I'm, I don't, how am I going to get it? Even now, Lord. Even right now in my bad day, you can come and minister to me. You can come and meet me. Put the thing before you. Sometimes he does to see just what you're going to do with it. He might do that. He's been doing it just to see what you'll do about it. We find out that when this was done, she said, I believe you are the son of God that was coming to the world. That's exactly what he had confessed. And even now, though my brother's dead, though he's embalmed, though he's buried, though he's stinking in the grave, even now, whatsoever you ask God, God will give it to you. There you are. That's the keynote. She believed in what he said. She believed in what he asked. Even though it was dark around her, this light that stood before her was very precious. This moment with him was very precious. This time with him was very precious. It was the difference between life and death. He said, well, the doctor turned me down. said he couldn't do no more, even now. I haven't walked for years, even now. I haven't moved in years, even now. Amen. Even now he's there sitting on the right hand of God, making intercessions upon your confession. Even now, I mean, if you ask, you shall receive. Even now, no wonder he said, thy brother shall rise again. He said, I am the resurrection of life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said, Lord, yea, I believe it. Now, he said, notice when he spoke and she responded in that manner, he said, what was it? You have real faith and your faith goes to that word. Cogs go together and the wheel starts to turn. Something is going to take place. Something is going to happen because faith has responded to the word. The word was precious and faith went out and said, I believe what you say. I believe you can do it even now. I believe you're the same yesterday. I believe it with all my heart. Even now. You know, to make a light happen, it takes two coming together. Can't just come off of one. It takes two. 
It takes a ground and a positive. It takes two, or neutral and a positive. It takes two coming together to make light. And if they come together, the dynamos together, it'll make light, it'll make faith, it'll make power, it'll make healing, it'll make whatever the promises of God come to pass because it becomes in line. The only thing you have to do to get electricity is push the button. That's all you have to do when the scripture is supposed to be fulfilled now. Press the button. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. That's what's the matter with people. He said, I've seen two classes of people. One who has money in the bank, but they don't know how to write a check. One that has a check, but they don't have no, they know how to write a check, but they don't have no money in the bank. That don't ever do you any good. One or the other. You can have all the money in the world and you don't know how to write out a check or you can have nothing and know how to write a check. You can write them all you want to. They'll bounce as high as the ceiling. But if you can ever get that together. And he said, I believe there's a people that's got that together. Not only has the ability to write the check, but also has the ability, amen, the money in the bank. Ask anything in my father's name. It'll happen. She had heard him and she said, he's right. I am the resurrection life. I believe it with all my heart. Even when all hope was gone. She wasn't saying this when it looked like something good was about to happen. She didn't know what was about to happen. This word was coming out of her before she ever saw one move of Lazarus' body. Before she ever saw anything happen at that tomb, words were already coming out of her mouth. I believe it. I believe it. And that's the way you got to be. Many times we like to wait till we see a symptom go down or so, you know, something happen or a rock move or something's going on. Amen. Then we say, oh, I believe it. No, you got to start saying it with your mouth. You got to start speaking it. You got to start confessing it and saying, I know it's true. And I know he's true. And I know his word is true. I know he won't let it fall to the ground. What he said will come to pass. And I'm going to ask him. I'm going to push the button. Even now, Lord, in that dark hour, resurrection life took place. Job, he got pretty, where he was, got in a pretty dark spot. I I, I doubt anybody's pretty well where Job was or ever was. He was a righteous man. Come up to God and said, you know, God said, you consider my servant Job. He said, well, I mean, you got a hedge around him. You got all, you got a fence built up. I can't even get to him. Look at all he's got. No wonder he praises you. No wonder why he comes on a Wednesday night and his hands are up. No wonder why. He said, well, I'll take that back. He said, well, if you do, I'll make him curse you. He said, you do it. He said, you do it all, but don't take his life. He said, but you'll never make him curse me. God knows how, who to trust. Hallelujah. Job got in all kinds of trouble. He lost all of his wealth. He lost all of his popularity. He was a prince in the East. A young prince used to come bow. Other princes used to come bow before him as a great man of wisdom. He was known as a prophet. Everyone wanted to see him. Everyone wanted to talk to him. He was everybody's friend. 
He was everybody's confidant. He had confidant. He could, you know, walk down the street and, and people would call him by name. Wise men would come and say, Job, sir, we know that great God of heaven is with you. We know God's blessings on you. We can see it all. And then all of a sudden it switched. He lost his children. He lost his wealth. He lost his home. He lost everything. Amen. Until he came to a part in his life, he's sitting on an ash heap, scraping balls. Darkness was all around him and closing in on him. But Job just stayed right with it, Brother Reynolds said. said he didn't move away because he knew I had offered a sacrifice. I had done all that God had required. Therefore, I'd done it, and God, it was up to God to bring it to pass. But he finds himself in that situation, and even to where his wife turns against him. And Job said, Job, you're miserable. Why don't you just curse God and die the death? Look what he said. He didn't call her a foolish woman. He said, thou speakest like a foolish woman. And in other words, you speak foolish. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) You know, listen, I thought this was a very wonderful, wonderful lesson right here. He said he knew he had influenced people. He knew his life had been useful. He said, see, God never gives us our life just to hang around and we do this and we do that. He give it to be useful to him. Do something. Tell somebody. If you can't talk, whistle a him. Do something for him. Do something that God knows your life is fulfilling his purpose. And Job began to look at the flowers and how they die. And there's a resurrection. The tree, it goes down and out of its roots burst up new trees. And he said, but a man layeth down and he giveth up the ghost. And he's, the son's come to honor him and then he's just as dust and he's gone. What about this? He couldn't understand it. How could a man have much, that was much more glorious than a flower, much more glorious than a tree built in the very image of God, yet he's planted in the ground and that settled it. He's getting darker. He's questioning more. He's wondering more. What about this? What about that? What about this? When all this distress comes, all of his friends turned their back on him. Accused him of being a secret sinner. His wife turned away from him. The Bible said his breath was strange to his wife. All the things that happened to him looked like God had turned him completely down. But then all one in another chapter, God comes and speaks to him and says, Job, I want you to gird up your loins. I have to, I'm going to have a talk with you. You see, the tree never sinned. The flower never sinned. It served my purpose. There was germatized one to another. It didn't sin, so it'll rise up again. But as man sinned, therefore he's cut off. And Job began to wonder all these things, distresses and the darkest hour. But all of a sudden, God began to speak to him and began to show him, but man's hope is not out. 
He might be cut off, but I want you to look past the grave, Job. I want you to look past the trouble, Job. I want you to look past the darkness. And God took him up to a place to where he could look thousands of years down the road and he could see a man called Jesus bear his old sins up to a cross. And he said, I shall know him. My redeemer liveth. Though these skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. It was in his darkest moments God revealed himself to him. He began to look up in this vision he's caught up in lightnings and thunders and he's seen him in the last days. I know my Redeemer liveth. In the last days, he'll stand upon this earth. Though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. The darkest hour was when God could show him the last days. We we got tons of others. Moses got pretty dark on Moses. He tried and he killed an Egyptian, ran out, got on the backside of a desert, away from God, a thousand miles, a million miles away. But all of a sudden, in that dark hour, he saw a light. And he goes to that light, and we know the scriptures, and I'm not going to go through all of these very, very deeply, but he finds himself, and it so changes his thinking. To where he not, not even thinking like a normal man thought anymore. In that dark moment, he saw a light. And that light spoke out of him and began to reveal who he truly was. And what you, that light became very precious to Moses. Because he had been in a lot of darkness. He had no doubt had all kind of complexes and things. He had been fighting for 40 years. Why didn't this? How did I thought it was going to be this way. Why didn't it be this way? How, how is all, how is, how is God going to do it? How is he going, how in the world? I tried, I tried to take it. I tried to kill, and all I did was kill something. My own brothers turned against me and here I'm out. I ain't heard from God in 40 years. All of a sudden he looks and there's a light. That light was precious enough to him that he walked up there to see what it was all about. Hello, somebody. And if I understand correctly the scriptures, bear with me if I'm wrong, but the scriptures talks about gathering together even the much more as you see that day approaching. Why? Because he said where two or three are gathered, I'll be there. So you got to get to where the light is more precious to you than the darkness. Because if the darkness is more precious, you'll stay home. Maybe I'm talking to somebody streaming right now. You'll stay home and say, I got this. No, you're staying home because there's darkness. But if the light will come, become more precious, you'll leave the old babbling sheep and old things around you and your old work and everything. You got to gather to the light. Amen. God has a way of forcing the issue sometimes to make you come face to face with the light. You know, Jairus in the Bible, he came to that moment. 
He tried to divert away from me, tried to out, do be on the outskirts. He tried to, you know, try to sidestep the issue, tried to, but all of a sudden this little girl got sick and something became very precious to him. <laughs> Light becomes very precious in darkness. Well, you can have the, you can have money in the bank and you can have everything going your way and all of a sudden things begin to turn. And all of a sudden you realize, man, the house of God is precious to me. I, I, it didn't take me very many services to realize how precious it was to me. COVID, that sealed the deal. It was precious to me to come together with the children of God. It was precious to me to hear the word of God come service after service and the spirit of God move and me be free. That's precious to me. It's precious to me to sit in his presence and bask in the glow of the Holy Ghost. It's precious to me to be in that atmosphere. I think about it. Men will pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get a courtside seat to watch a man run up and down a court or watch something happen or pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go kill a big trophy. Amen. But what should be precious to us is this life. Amen. Their jobs become more precious. All kinds of things around. I didn't expect it to go here, but we're going. Amen. Things become more precious, but this is the most precious thing you'll ever come in contact with. Amen. You can stack the gold to the ceiling and out the door. It'll never compare to what this word of God can do for you. Hallelujah. Man has been looking for the fountain of you. He's sold kingdoms to look for the fountain of you. He has sold everything. He's burned boats. He's tried to conquer all kinds of things, countries and everything else. Killed people for the fountain of you. But we have it tonight. We have a fountain. We, there is a fountain open in the house of David. It ought to be precious to us. Amen. I think about even David himself. How many drinks he used to take from Bethlehem. But one day he got away from it. And there was a Philistine army all the way around it. And something began to cry out, I want a drink. That drink became very precious to him. And let me tell you something. If you find yourself in the tribulation, you're going to wish this was precious. You're going to wish the services that you stayed away from was more precious to you. Listen, this ain't me. This is God crying out right now. Amen. You're going to wish that you'd have gave your all. You're going to wish I'd have gave everything to be there. God, I get you there somehow. darkest hour Jairus was walking down he finds the Lord Jesus he said will you come pray for my daughter takes him begins to walk down the road towards his house just as hard as he can go so please lay your hands on my child come lay your hands and she'll live now this light was more precious than his sect of Pharisees and things that he'd held on to for all of his lifetime, traditions of men. He found something more precious and he's willing to do whatever it took to get to him. 
because it was dark. It was in a dark time of his life and his baby was dying. I got to get to Jesus. Maybe that wasn't a thought three days prior. Maybe he even said a few scornful things. I don't know. Mocked him, made fun of him. But all of a sudden, his daughter gets sick. He's like, I got to get to Jesus. So something flipped. Something changed to where he didn't no longer care what the Pharisees thought about him. He didn't no longer care what his family thought about him. He didn't no longer care what anybody thought about him. I got to get to Jesus. Listen, God knows how to get you to that spot. Amen. He finds himself in that place. And then he starts walking towards his road with his child, with Jesus. And the news comes, she's died. It gets darker. And I said, I can see Jesus look at him. Did I not tell you? Fear not. You'll see the glory of the Lord. I imagine his heart went to beating right. Right back, went up the road. Oh, she's dead. She's asleep. And Jesus said, she's not dead. She's asleep. And they begin to laugh and make fun. We heard you were crazy. Now we know you are. He said, get, 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 get all the unbelievers out. Get them out. I can't do nothing with you unbelievers sitting here. Put them all out. And he walked over to the child and said, rise up. And the darkest hour death has struck the home. Jesus walked in and light came on. Hallelujah. When his little girl was sick, he didn't wait like Nicodemus for a private interview. His need was right then. He had to get in action right then. And the same is right now. If there's ever a time you want to get healed, right now is the time. If there's ever a time you want to get saved, right now is the time. If there's ever a time you want the Holy Ghost, right now is the time. Don't wait for another time. Right now is the time of action. He got desperate and Jesus came and he called her from the dead. There was another man named Zacchaeus. He was in a real dark place. His wife was even facing darkness, even though she was a believer, praying. Here's Zacchaeus had his own sect again of, of religion and businessman and had the wealth of things and going on. But Rebecca's wife, a believer in the Lord Jesus, said he didn't believe it himself because the rabbi told him there's no more prophets. We ain't had prophets, no bunch of nonsense. Don't you ever believe in nothing like that? You're too fine cultured of a man to believe that. Your business, just go about and do your business. But you said, you know, Rebecca had prayed. Don't ever give up on your prayers. Don't ever give up on your prayers. He said she prayed until her little heart was about to break. She wanted him to meet Jesus. And that morning, Zacchaeus decides, you know what? I'm going to go up and see what this is all about. He was a man of little stature, about Brother Joe's height, maybe a little shorter. He couldn't see past most of the crowd. So I'm going to find out if he's truly a prophet or not. I'm going to see if he's just like any other man. So he climbs up a tree and he pulls some leaves around him. So he passes by, I'll see him. And as Jesus began to pass by, walking down the street, he got right under the tree. Right to the place, right to the mark. And he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house. 
Oh, may that be a service you can have tonight. That Jesus would come to your hiding spot. Well, you've been hiding and you've been hiding behind complexes. You've been hiding behind fears. You've been hiding behind things in your life. But tonight, I'm coming to your house. Tonight, I'm coming to where you are. And I'm going to call you by your real name. The devil's calling you fear. The devil's calling you anxiety. He's calling you depression. He's calling you complexes. But I'm calling you the bride of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to your house. It's a dark moment, but it came by. We get in dark spots. We could talk about the woman at the, with the blood issue and all that she had to press through. The woman at the well and all she had to press through. But I want to end it on this one. Dark moment. Because we're on a ship. It's called the ship of Zion. One night, the disciples was on the sea. All hope was gone. Maybe you're sitting there tonight. In that same place on the boat. Seems like all hopes are gone. Boats waterlogged. It's going down. They were screaming and crying. They'd went away without him. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. And here he came walking on the sea. Do you understand that? He uses the very thing that's trying to kill you to come to you. The very thing that was trying to drown them, he comes walking over it. <laughs> Cancer to him is only a footpath. <laughs> Situations in your life, that's why you, that's why you have them. It's because he uses them to walk to you. He uses them to come to where you're at so he can move. And you might be in the darkness, but all of a sudden you can look in the middle of that darkness and you see a light glow. And it starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter as it's walking down the very thing. The waves and the winds were trying to destroy them. Fear and anxiety and all kinds of things were happening. That little boat was like a little bottle topper. Looked like nothing out there on that sea. But all of a sudden, here comes somebody walking on it. Man, if that don't give you confidence tonight to know that no matter what trouble you have, God can walk on it. Oh, hallelujah. Did you feel that? No matter what you're facing tonight, God can walk on it. I'll say it like this. No matter what has your child bound tonight, God can walk on it. God will use it to get to where they are. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the same today as he ever was. Amen. He's a man walking out there and they're in the waters and they're screaming and they're hollering and then they see him and they're scared of him. Ain't that about like the church today? Amen. They're crying and screaming and wanting God to move and wanting God to move. And here he comes and they say, that's ah, just a bunch of emotion. That's just a bunch of work up. That's just a bunch of nonsense. They're scared to death of it. But as I said last Wednesday night, we'll take her. Amen. I want him in my boat. I want him with me. I want him walking with me, talking with me, living with me, living in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
The master has come as he promised he would, but he's calling for his believing children to recognize him in his word and make it manifest. This is the darkest hour we have ever seen. And tomorrow you can get up and you can say, today is the darkest day I've ever seen. Because it's getting darker and darker and darker. Right in the darkest hour, here comes Jesus right along. I want to see if I can find something really quick that's coming to my mind. <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh, quotes. It's in Christ the mystery, I believe. Let me go back. Christ is revealed in his own word. He said, the stabilizers has been put on the ship. Great fearful waves are out before us, we know. Just beyond that wave there, though, we're nearing the shore. <laughs> we're nearing the shore. Just stay stable. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. No matter how you feel, no matter what anything else, stay with God, stay with the word. Let's stay stable. When you see those great old clouds around us, storms are coming, bombs in the hangar, everything else they're talking about, our stabilizers is right into the word. God said it would be here. He said it would be like this. He told us what we were going to go through. Amen. He said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a peace though. Not like the world gives, but a peace that the world didn't give and the world can't take away. Hallelujah. He said, the waves are going to be there, but we will crest every one of them. Hallelujah. We will go right over the top of them. They cannot sink us. They cannot drown us. You put us in a grave, we're coming up again. There ain't no way the world is keeping it out. We are going to crest every wave because our chief captain, the great light, is calling us to the other side. Hallelujah. He's saying, let's go to the other side. We ain't got to worry about the winds and the waves. He done spoke it and we're on our way. He done said it. I'm on my way to a body change because it's in the word of God. And he done said I'm healed. Therefore, I'm on my way. Let's go to the other side. Come on, somebody. Why don't you tonight hear the word of God? Let's go to the other side of depression. Let's go to the other side of anxiety. Let's go to the other side. Let not your heart be troubled. There's a big wave coming, but don't you worry about it, little children. The stabilizers are on the ship, and we're going to crest it like we did the last one. And if there's another one coming, we're going to go over it and over it until we go on to the next shore. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for this boat to land on that sign. To land on that other shore. Whatever it might be, let it come. Whatever it is, it won't make any difference. We're anchored in Jesus Christ. Are you anchored tonight? 
Are you cresting the waves? Is the light precious to you? Hallelujah. He's here to take you over to the other side. Maybe you've been caught up. Man's creeds and dogs. There ain't no life there. But there's life in his word. There's life in the presence of God. How many would say light to the Lord tonight? I, I want that light just to become more precious to me. In this dark time we're living in. I want more of you. Getting close. Getting close. What about that wave? We're going to go over it. What about that situation? Going to go over it. What about that trouble, Brother Tim? We're going to go over it. Stabilizer has been placed on the ship. will crest every one of them. Maybe you need to look at things a little different. Maybe right now you feel like you're about to fall over backwards, flip over backwards. Things seem to be so out of cater. No, you know what's happening? You're just going up a wave. You're going to crest it. And you're going to move to the other side. It's in the darkest moments. Maybe you find yourself in that dark moment right now. But there is a man that will turn on the light. I wonder how many of you pray that tonight. Lord, flip my switch on. Turn on the light in my life. I need you. Father, we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you've moved and touched our lives in such a way, Father. Lord, we just ask tonight, Lord, that you would come and let this word just sink into our hearts. Lord, there's some here that's going through some really dark times. But may this awakening, awaken an awareness in their life to start looking. Because it's in these moments Jesus comes. It's in these moments you come and you show yourself you're the resurrection and the life. It's in these moments you come and you show you're the healer and the deliverer and all these things, Father. Father, we get our eyes so many times on the darkness. Forgive us. Let this light become so precious to us, Lord. God, may it be not like those come to that moment and realize they didn't have it because it wasn't important. But may we be found like those five wise virgins that kept their lamps trimmed and clear because light was precious to them. Lord, a fresh experience was precious to them. A refilling of the Holy Ghost was precious to them. The moving of the Spirit was precious to them. Oh, God, 
May we never lose that that love affair with you, Father. That love to be in your presence that is more precious to us than gold. Bless your children tonight, Lord. Strengthen them, I pray. Lord, may they see the light arise in their life and darkness be driven out of the way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lead me, Lord.